what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I'm here with my co-host, KMO, for the Super Bowl <laughs> podcast. KMO, are you there? Pew, 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 pew. Bow, bow, bow. We, we out here. I'm here. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of crazy to think that, you know, we, we thinking back to the beginning of the season, doing our first pod, you know, look the outlook of the 49ers. Actually, to be fair, you know, we were saying, hey, it's a new season, NFC West. We're just glad football's back, you know, 18 weeks ago, 19, whatever it's been. Thinking about, you know, the Niners had a heartbreaking loss last last season, NFC Championship game. Fast forward 20 weeks, and now we're here. We you are know, here. Do you know the reason why I, I started, like, Just the West and later on the podcast? Uh, it was because of heartbreak. Game-O, actually. So the horrible Super Bowl. Yes. Ravens and the Niners. Yes. So for all, all the listeners or whatever, this is the reason why I started Just the West as a whole. Okay. The Ravens and the Niners, that whole postseason run, I was so enamored with the Niners' coverage. I read everything. I listened to all the pods. Mm-hmm. Every just – Parts of the postseason experience, I just ate that shit up. Like you, you it, listen to you listen to pods before their pods were even really in existence. <laughs> pods, uh, shoots, radio, just yeah. Yeah, yeah, every everything. I was just so jazzed about it. Like everything was great, and then they lose to the Ravens, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just I guess heartbroken. I'm I'm, I'm at loss for words, right? And because of all that, all that anguish and all that emotion, I just kind of realized that, hey, you know, fan means fanatic. Yeah. And then this is not just a, a hobby or something that I like. It's something that I'm really passionate about, something that I talk for days and and it makes me uh, who I am personally as as Justin. And so my other friend, Adam, saying he suggested like, hey, you should look into like a blog or whatever and mm-hmm. that's how just the west was born and then later on it was you camo <laughs> hey we should I, I love the blog but have you ever thought about the podcast platform mm-hmm. <laughs> and um yeah the rest is history so yeah that's the context of it all so thank, thank you camo and thank yeah. you Adam. yeah yeah i mean it's just funny we, we were texting the other day about those like facebook memories how the, I mean, just just the West podcast has been around since 2017, so it's kind of crazy. It's been seven years essentially. Yeah, and I think even for for my work, I do real estates. I do a lot of public speaking. It's made me better. Yeah, like, innately sure. hear my voice. I don't think anyone likes their own voice, but I've come to, I've come yeah. to how I sound now. No, I, I remember back, you know. Coming coming down to, to Phoenix to visit in, in the infancy of Just the West, telling all the people at spring training, Just the West, catch the blog, podcast coming soon. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I remember, but I don't remember. You remember? Yeah, okay. But no, anyway, yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty surreal, and we'll kind of get to um, you know the, what the, the bigger meaning of this game and this team and this season as a whole. Um, but let's, you know, I know that you were fortunate enough to go to the NFC Championship game last week or two weeks ago. Um, I did. And tell us about that experience. It is Wednesday night right now. And as you can tell, my voice is still compromised, which is, which is not good. So like a couple of weeks ago, I went to the NFC Championship game. I didn't even sit down. I got standing room. I, I just wanted to be in the stadium at Levi Stadium tailgated with some buddies we got in and we were actually at the midfield portion of the standing room area and first half not gonna lie had us in the first half not gonna not gonna lie <laughs> had us in the first half 24 7 deficit and there were hella lions fans there too well what was the what was the vibe like you know just like you know we talked about the packers game where they started off slow had a bad feel low scoring but you know we were only down one score what was it feel like in the stadium when you know 
The Niners are down big at half. I felt like I got punched in the gut. Like, <gasps> like I couldn't breathe in that sense. I was like, yeah. Oh my God. Right. Um, and the reason why was because everything that the lines put out there just worked. Like it was third and 12. They did a halfback draw for a first down. It was third and 18. They, they found a Monsignor Brown on a crosser. Everything that they, they put out there, uh, the Niners had no answers. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's just crazy because like, you know, the Lions got it back to, to red zone mm-hmm. and the Niners, like they, they probably should have allowed a touchdown, honestly, but uh, the Lions, they, they settled for a field goal instead of being up 28 to three, which would have been very ironic, very Kyle shanahan uh, they're only down 24 to three and then go to halftime. I get some fresh air. I get a drink. I get an adult beverage and we decide, you know, being standing room that we need to change the vibe. We need to sit somewhere else. We need to stand somewhere else. We didn't sit, we didn't stand somewhere else. So we went towards the end zone side uh, and we stayed there. Yeah. And Saw the bread out of you catch, and then instantly the crowd just completely changed. Yeah. That moment completely changed the game. I couldn't believe it. Uh, that's when my voice was starting to get a little louder. Yeah. And you fast forward to the Jameer Gibbs fumble. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's when we knew that the winds had turned. Like, this is yeah. a much different game. And we stood up the whole time. I, uh, I'll be the first to admit when the clock t- hit zero and the fireworks came out, I, I actually did tear up just because I couldn't believe. Right. No, I mean, that happened because they were down 17, uh, 17 points and they found a way to win. Well, just in just like, like you said, the, the, the tone of the game, the feel, like, like you said, you couldn't, they couldn't stop them. Like everything was working in the Lions' favor. It, it just seemed like the defense was just like, so many easy, easy, big chunk plays. And then, you know, when I was watching, I had the same feeling. Um, I guess the only solace I had was like, you know, traditionally Niners are, we're a second half team. That was my only kind of like, all right, half, first half's over. Shanahan's going to make adjustments. Let's see what happens. And you switch position standing. Uh, needed to change the vibe. The vibe. The vibe. It's only it's only weird if it if it doesn't work and right. <laughs> it works. So, um, but no, I mean they were saying this the last couple of weeks that we're after the game that you know is this the biggest? And we were talking about talk, you know who was it the who was saying how do you define what a comeback is if it's more than it's double digits? This is a comeback. This was for sure a comeback. Um, but this is something that they were saying this is probably the the big one of the biggest if not the biggest comeback in bay area sports history and it's crazy you were there to witness it uh, yep i'm 36 year, years old and i will remember this for a very long time that's crazy, crazy even more so if it goes into the favor of the just the west nfc west division yep. uh with the niners now playing the chiefs and the chiefs mind you had um i won't say they had a comeback but they had a very dramatic yep uh, performance against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens at Baltimore mm-hmm. game in which they um, they took the lead early and they never squandered it. It was pretty much a close one possession game, but for whatever reason, like the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, they uh, what's the term? They choked. They choked. <laughs> they choked. Lamar yeah. Jackson threw in the triple coverage on one red zone dr- drive and then another Zay Flowers was about to go into the end zone, but he, he fumbled. He got, he got, uh, I think, I think Javarius Sneed forced the fumble, but you know, it was, um, uh, light of a war. Yeah. It was just a, a choke performance, but by the Ravens, and I can't believe it. And so you have two teams in the Niners and the Ravens where you know, the Niners have not had their best game, like through two games where they just, lay an egg in the first half and they find ways to win in the second half. And then the chiefs, they've been, it's not like they've had dominant wins against the bills or the Ravens, but they find ways to win. Yeah. So it's two very, um, very triumphant teams and now facing against each other. 
And that's why the spread is just Niners favored by one and a half. You don't really know what to make of either team at, at this point in the season. Oh, um, yeah. It's, it's interesting because you think about no, that. That's what it, that's the term. Yeah. Yeah. You, you think about sort of like, and I heard that someone mentioned this on the radio today, that the, um, the chiefs are kind of playing kind of like how some of these veteran NBA teams are, who are used to make the playoffs so often where they kind of like let the regular season, like the warriors, you know, during the dynasty, Hey, we're going to, it's going to breeze through the regular season and then come playoffs. It's a completely different animal. I feel like that's what's happening with the chiefs, even though it's different because it's only 17 games and not 82 games like in the NBA. So they're so used to being in the playoffs and then they had a mediocre season this year, right? They, they only, they weren't, didn't even, there's some stat. They didn't break 20 points for like eight games or something this season. Well, I, I think that, Great observation, by the way. But I think just to take a step back, yeah, this is a rematch from 2019 yep. for the Super Bowl between the Niners and the Chiefs, where Patrick Mahomes won his for Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So this time around, just naturally because of the salary cap, because now Patrick Mahomes he's like a 50, mm-hmm. 60 million dollar quarterback, right? Right. So he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have a lot of these weapons that he ha- yeah could afford before. So instead, they're relying yeah. primarily on Patrick Mahomes to make it happen on this offense. And thankfully, he still has his go-to guy in Travis Kelsey. Uh, but Travis Kelsey, he's 34 years old. Like They're a running team now. And instead, they invested heavily, traffic-wise, in the defense. It's a really good defense this year, which yeah. is something yeah. that uh, they never had in, in years past. So they kind of flipped it. Yeah. And now it's the Niners offense. that have a really good offense because, you know, between Brandon and Debo Samuel, obviously Christian McCaffrey, their biggest asset at the trade deadline last year, George Kittle, like that's why there's so much hate for Brock Purdy because they have a star studded cast with a quarterback making like $900,000 versus 50, $60 million with Patrick Mahomes. Go yeah. two completely different rosters. But you can make a case that uh, the 2019 defense for the Niners was a Super Bowl caliber defense. This year's defense, while you've seen it flash in the mm-hmm. regular season, mm-hmm. your two games in the postseason, yeah. they have a lot, a lot to clean up with the tackling, the run defense. It's um, it's not pretty. Let's just say that. Yeah. I mean, great points as well. And you think that, you know, that – it's not like the Niners are lacking any any dudes on defense, right? They have Bosa, Armstead, you know, uh, Fred Warner, like all these all pro, you know, these Fred Warner's like all everything. But like these guys are making a lot of money, big, you know, signings um, and, and acquisitions, even during the season, right? Um, the defense has been sputtering and we've, talked about this before and it's really been up and down the season uh so in that in that sense it's not that is not a good time to be sputting right now right before the super bowl but on the flip side the offense you said lots of weapons to use and utilize um on the kansas city side you know they had a kind of whatever season they started getting hot at the right time and they've they've remained red hot this whole time so that's that's a little bit a little scary for the niners to come into a defense that's playing so well on, on the other side. Um, so that's why I can see that the line has shifted down to essentially a coin flip at this point. Um, it's right. It, it's going to be one hell of a game. Um, I don't, I know in the last few Super Bowls, it's been kind of a blowout, you know, one-sided affair. I, I, I mean, obviously being a, you know, a Niner fan, I'd like to see that happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll get the predictions a little bit. Okay. Well, Pick your poison. Do you want to talk about Niners offense, Niners defense? Uh, we would even go first because I'm ready to go, Gamo, with this pod. Yeah. Let's um why don't we dive into the what got the Niners here and, and look at the offense? Sure. So the biggest thing is gonna be outside of you know the system, which is Kyle Shanahan and a plug and play quarterback that's been it's kind of like a backhanded comment, honestly. Like, you know, you can put anyone in the Shannon system and then they would uh-huh. get to the Super Bowl, which, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> but I think the biggest thing this year has been Brock Purdy. And 
you know, Brock Purdy isn't just any any other quarterback. Um, leads the league in pretty much all the passing statistics. Fun fact: he actually has more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes this year. And oh. you know, I I know that Patrick Mahomes is having a down year, but uh, that's that's still something to to note. Um, that Purdy, for for the for all intents and purposes, has played like you know a Pro Bowl, All Pro quarterback, and. Just like anything, this is his. People forget, and they're so critical. This is uh, he's being compared with the Josh Allen's, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, but he's only his second year. Like this is only his second year. This is his first full year starting as a quarterback, and so for him to to take this team to the Super Bowl, and not even just take them, because going back to the criticism of his star-studded cast and having him just be along for the ride, right? No, like this Packers game, this Lions game, they were, they were down. Like pundits had questioned the Snyder's offense and team saying like, you know, when everything's hunky dory, sure. That's great. But every time it gets close, you know, against the Vikings, the Bengals, uh, like they would lose. Right. So for the first time, and it just so happened to be in the playoffs, like, Brock Purdy and this team found ways to win. And it wasn't pretty. It certainly wasn't pretty in the rain against the Packers. And it certainly was not pretty being down 24 to three or 24 to seven against the Lions. But, you know, uh, the haters are, are pretty quiet right now. Right. And I think an element of Brock Purdy, which people did not expect, myself included, is what we saw in the fourth quarter of the NFC Championship game, which is. You know, in comparison to Jimmy Garoppolo, like Brock Purdy is, he's got some wheels. Yeah. Right. He's not Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, but, you know, ironically, Kyle Shanahan had traded three first round picks to get a mobile quarterback in <laughs> trade Lance, right? Yeah. And it didn't work out, but he just stumbled upon Brock Purdy and it is getting the same sort of results of, you know, you wanting a quarterback to play in the system of Kyle Shanahan, but if shit hits the fan to take it upon himself to make plays. Yeah. Done that, which has been a big part of, of this season. And I think another part of the season is just to see his growing pains as well. He struggled at times and that's why it's a mixed bag. He struggled, obviously the first couple halves against the Packers and Lions. But I think the biggest thing for him is to see how he adjusts uh, and, and to see, you know, despite uh, some of your shortcomings early on. How do you respond? And I, I think we're starting to see that. Yeah. And he's gonna he's gonna need that too because the Chiefs Chiefs defense is is pretty tough. Yeah. No. Good points. Well, I mean, I kind of got to give some credit. Obviously, the credit goes to the players. They're the ones who are making the plays. They're the ones who are given the plays by the coach to execute. You know, Kyle Shanahan is credited as being the office genius, and he is right. He's he's been in, in he's been on many championship game type games and Super Bowls. Give him credit for finding Purdy in the seventh round, last pick in the draft. But by knowing that what he saw, because again, whenever you draft a player, it's not like you're just, it's not like you're playing a video game or you have fantasy. Like, oh, this is the last pick. I'm just going to take whoever's available, best player. These guys do the due diligence, send out scouts to all the colleges, everything throughout the year to watch these guys. And, you know, Shanahan said, like, you know, last year he was our best, honestly, our best-looking quarterback. It was just a situation where he couldn't play him right away. Yeah, know, that's wild to hear, by the way, bro. Like, imagine telling your your owner, like, despite Jimmy G and then – Exactly. Three first-round picks, like – But it's like they knew – I was listening – I heard this earlier this week that, you know, they had, he, Shanahan had sent out scouts or whatever to look at Purdy when he was at Iowa State. And they're like, what? Why we get, why don't we draft a, an impact guy who's more likely to make the team, right? In the seventh round, the statistics are like very much against you to even make the team. Like, why don't we go get a wide receiver? Why don't we go get like a a, uh, a cornerback or whatever it may be? It's like, no, this kid is a quarterback. You know, we have two others right now on the roster. I like what he has. He has something there, right? He has these intangibles. He has this whatever you want to call it. You know, he doesn't have this huge... Uh, persona personality that's not what he's looking for and that, that that i think that's 
in this situation, it's ideal because he is all about the business. He is all about not letting the moment get too big for him. Even though he did struggle this season, he had more ups and downs for sure. Um, and it's been, like you said, it's only a second, it's full first season, second year total. And the, to be in this position he's in, and I don't think they're, and I'm sure they're going to play it up more as leading up to the game. But the fact that he was the last pick where the statistics show that he should not even make the team, let alone be a starter for a year, let alone go to playoffs, let alone go to the Super Bowl. It's just crazy. Like, if you think about it, like these things do not happen. And it's, it's, t- it's testament to, to, to his play, to Shanahan identifying talent and fostering it, giving him the opportunity when to step up when it was available due to injuries and other things of, of sorts. Um, but sticking by his guy, even through hard times. That's, um, so, and, and, actually, and actually, when we finish one second, he actually, when they, I heard the story that when they were going to draft Purdy, Shanahan actually ruffled some feathers with some of the, like the veteran like scouts and other guys. They're like, "Why would get? Why? Why? Why are we wasting a pick on this guy?" He knew Shanahan knew that if Purdy was going to go undrafted, that he was going to sign with some other. He wasn't going to sign with the Niners. So like, he, yeah. if he wanted his guy, like he always say, "Just so I get your guy." He wanted his guy. So now we say all this and we we praise Purdy, but going back to the game plan at hand for, for the Super Bowl, this is what I want to highlight as well. I know Purdy's good, but he needs to trust his teammates. Obviously, when I say that, it's because you have a great cast. And I think Joe Montana actually referenced it to Purdy. So Purdy was was asked by the media earlier today um, during the Super Bowl coverage that, hey, have you talked to Joe Montana and have you talked to Steve Young? And Purdy said, yeah, no, I talked to both of them. And Montana had mentioned trust in Shanahan, trust in, in your teammates, uh, don't force things because uh, we seem, you know, it, it's worked out a lot of times for, for Purdy, but you've seen him also make some boneheaded moves as well, uh, especially like throwing across your uh, your body into the middle of the field. Like it can work, mm-hmm. but most times it's not. Most of the time it's not good. He, he needs to to trust in his team in, in that sense, um, and you know, obviously. There will be moments where he, he can make the play on his own, and that's fine. But just don't force the issue, uh, because this this Chiefs defense, ironically, they have a great passing off um, a passing a good pass defense in Sneed McDuffie. Like they have some really good playmakers, uh, some lockdown corners. Like Sneed made first team All Pro in the same light as like Traverius Ward. Like they're really sound. In coverage, right? Which is ironic because, like, their run defense is not that good, actually. I think they were ranked, don't quote me on this, but they were ranked like 25th, 28th, which was befuddling when the Ravens only ran the ball six times by their running backs, right? Like, you would think that, you know, you would, you would attack because the Ravens are a good running team. So, the same thing with the Niners. They're a good rushing team, they're an even better team when you can establish the run. And allow Purdy to have some time in play action. Because as we know, this offensive line, they're a better, you know, they're better blocking Purdy when they have play action. They're a better team when they can run the football. Good things happen when they run the football. And if you guys remember 2019, I mean, it seems like an eternity ago. But I think from what I I remember, I, I think the fourth quarter for the Niners, Raheem Mostert only had four carries to finish the game it was like a carry for three yards five yards um six yards and then his last run was 17 yards and then they stopped giving him the ball you know like they got too cute and they lost the game obviously so for shanahan and you know he gets another go at it um i i do wonder how the game plan is going to go how the script is going to go because like in a, in a rainy day against the packers Brock Purdy dropped back like 36, 39 times, you know? So I was a little, I thought that was kind of weird. And, you know, obviously for the comeback, you know, Purdy had to be a lot more aggressive, but you know, what sort of play calling are we going to get? Hopefully, you know, it's the fucking Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. but you get a heavy dosage of CMC, whether it's as, as a rusher or as a, as a pass catcher, 
but I would love to get some Debo. You know, it's yeah. the last game of the season. Give him three to five carries, do some jet sweep, see what you can get out of it, test these linebackers. Um, but this should not be a, I will say a signature, but this game should not be all in Brock Purdy because this team is way too talented yeah, um, like- to allow just, just to put it all on Brock Purdy, even though we give all this credit to him. I mean, there's a lot of things they they, they can do with this offense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's as we've said before. This team is just so loaded. They have, you know, aside from Ayuk and Debo and Kittle, you know, Kittle having, you know, probably the best year of his career, one of the best. Um, and Kittle, by the way, last game he only had two catches, exactly. so he's yeah, red. He's, he's fresh, right? Fresh. Like Debo had some. You can see the impact Debo makes on the field when he's not there and when he's there. It's crazy. He he could be a difference maker. Obviously, we all know the impact that CMC makes. I would like to see a heavy dose of McCaffrey often and early. You know, Shanahan can get conservative at times. You know, this is not the Super Bowl is not the is not the time to, you know, I know he doesn't like to leave. He 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 doesn't want to leave points on the table or he, he is sometimes be conservative at times in this stance. The opportunity is there. And I'm not telling him to be like, you know, Dan gamble or anything, but at the same time, you need to take advantage because this chief team is, is experienced and they know what they're doing too. You know, going back to gambling. So Jake Moody has not, I mean, obviously he's been okay, but he's, he's missed kicks in, in every yeah. game in the postseason. That might work into Shannon's favor because you might have to be aggressive just knowing that, hey, it's the Super Bowl, like, fuck it. If it's fourth and two, I might as well go for it. I don't know, right? They are playing indoors, right? So that's going to that's gonna help. They are playing indoors. They are but playing indoors in Vegas. He, he's a rookie. He could get the yips, you know what I mean? Like, it's a Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> can't, can't hold it against him, but. That's know. right. It's a. But, but yeah, no, I, I think the run game, whether it's CMC or Debo on a jet sweep or something to, to challenge these defenders to to make a play, establish the run, and then, you know, the next thing you know, you, ha- you have George Kittle down the seam, you have Ayuk on the outside, like, you know, I'm the wizard, Shanahan's the wizard, but I hope from his, his experiences, especially from 2019, that uh, he doesn't forget the run game and he he sticks with it, like, fourth quarter be damned, like, still run the ball and and, and keep it keep this offense balanced. That that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I, um, I heard this scenario or just hypothetical situation today. They're like they're asking people, would you rather say fourth quarter? What what scenario would you, would you most likely would you want to be in more? I guess to say, say you're the Niners. Would you rather be up four with two minutes left in the game? The Chiefs on their own 20, Patrick Mahomes gets the ball, down four. Or flip side, would you rather be down four and relying on the Niners' offense to get a, to get a score at the end of the game? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'd say straight up, I'd rather have the lead than, than not. That's just me. Mm-hmm. If you're going to lose, if you're going to go out that way, you know, yeah, uh, I, I would put it on the defense. And well, the the Packers certainly had a chance. Trey Greenlaw had the game winning interception. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. I, I'd rather the numbers use that way, even though it, it would suck if your defense allows Patrick Mahomes to go for the the go ahead touchdown. But you know that's um, that's football, maybe. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I agree with you. And the numbers support that as well. That you know you want to be in a position to to, to lead. Uh, to you know, maximize your chances by having those most by having in the position where that you're letting your defense really step up and forcing the other team to make those critical plays to win the game. Then again, if you want the theatrics and you want Purdy yeah. to win the game, yeah, two minutes left, he would likely win Super Bowl MVP. That's <laughs> so, true. That is true. No denying if he if he were to find a way to go down the field whether it's with his legs or with his arm, but to, I mean, unless McCaffrey has like three touchdowns or something, you know what I mean? I could see him also getting it. Yeah. So pick your poison, I guess, because if that, that happens, like that's going to be 
on every highlight, you know, he'll be up there with Niners Lord. Let's just say that. So let's talk about this Niners defense. And so, you know, this Mahomes team of 2023, 2024, it's not the team of 2019, obviously, right? Uh, but this Niners defense, I don't know what they've been up to, but like, there's no way they play a third game and lay another fucking egg in the first half. Like, if they are down 20 to three at the first half, I- I'll be so pissed off. Yeah. I'll be so pissed off. Um, I'll, you you go first. So I went. I talked to open up about the offense. Yeah. Give me your thoughts about the Snyder's defense, and I can I can follow suit after that. Yeah. No, I mean again, we've we've talked about them a lot this season. Um, they've looked really good at times. They look really bad at times. They look really bad during the three game skid in the middle of the season. You know, they needed a change. They needed the DC to come down from the from the skybox down to the field. They needed to switch things up. They needed to, you know, implement some new schemes and, and orient these new players to, to this defense to get things going. But I don't know, it's good. It's hard to get a read on them for sure. You know, they, in the Packers game, it was close, wet game, you know, whatever that name may be. The Lions game, it was not close. Defense looked really bad. Um, you know, like I said before, this team has some really good players. And, you know, I know I saw something today. They said, you know, we, look, we watched it. It was hard to watch, rewatch the tape from last week because they look so bad. But hopefully it's, it's a, you know, a learning opportunity to take advantage of the Chiefs' offense, which is, you know, arguably not as good as is their defense. So. so, a couple of thoughts about this. I mean, obviously the offense overall is not as good, but you know what? Their, their rush game is pretty good. Uh, they're a, a more gritty team, which is ironic. They're very much like the Niners of, of old, I, I guess, in regards to the run and you know controlling the clock and and playing sound football, especially when you have a franchise quarterback in Mahomes. Like you feel pretty good, you know, with with, with a one score lead, right? Uh, but you know, I can't believe it, but like a big part of the presser for the Super Bowl coverage uh, on this defense is effort, like trying, like you're in the in the Super Bowl. I mean, you were in the NFC Championship game and you're getting question marks from Chase Young and all these other guys about effort at the highest stage in the postseason. Well, you, Chase Young has never been this far because he, he played for the, the commanders before, but like a lot of it has to do with effort and, and tackling. Like, you know, the, the Niners of old tackling has been their strong suit. Like their rush defense has always been a top five unit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what what got lost during the postseason, but uh, what sort of Niners run defense are, are we going to see? Now, when the Chiefs are on the offense, like, as you see, like these jet sweeps, these these crackback tosses, these these outside runs on the, on the outside, no, no kidding. But yeah, these, these runs on the outside to challenge the linebackers, to challenge the defensive ends, it's been working, right? And you know what? They're probably going to do the same thing again because it worked for the Lions. It worked for the Packers. Remains to be seen. And I hope that the Niners can learn. But, you know, that's going to be a, a focal point. But the next point that makes it interesting is Isaiah Pacheco. They're starting running back. He's actually a better inside runner than an outside runner. He's kind of a gritty north and south guy. Um, so are they going to force the issue? Are they going to do a lot of screens to Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, to challenge the outside or are they going to try to run it, run it up the middle? Because actually the, the Niners defense up the middle with Armstead and Hargrave, it's not that bad. Actually their rush defense on the inside is, is decent. It's been their rush defense on the outside. That's been having a, a lot of problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's that point. And then going back to, to Patrick Mahomes, no kidding. He, he's a great quarterback, right? So are you going to just sit back in coverage? Um, you know, are you going to play your cover three? Or, or how, how aggressive are you going to be? Because, because you can't always do that. You're going to have to blitz them sometimes. Uh, so for Steve Wilkes, like just the formula of generating pressure, do you think that he's going to put five guys in the box to, to stop the run? Do you think that he's going to be more, more passive? Um, you know, like he knows that there's not as many playmakers mm-hmm. or the Chiefs, so yeah. they're going to have to run the ball. 
So you want to stop the run, but then at the same time too, you, you can't be too passive on, on the way you, you call your defense. So like there's this weird gray when it comes to evaluating the Chiefs. And for Steve Wilk's sake, uh, I, I have no idea how he's going to approach this game. Like typically speaking, it is not a good idea to play man coverage against a Mahomes offense because they he typically finds and makes the throw against man. Zone is a, a typically a better scheme to go against um, against Mahomes because at least you have said receiver ahead of you in front. You know you're, you're in front to make a play, but um, I don't know. Uh, that is whether it's Mahomes or like just any really good quarterback. Like the Niners have typically struggled struggled against mobile quarterbacks that can throw. Like, and no kidding, but. Um, yeah, and then that's my TED talk, I guess. <laughs> yeah, do you think that kind of like you said before that in this? I guess I'm thinking about the Chiefs' offense, and there's aside from Kelsey, obviously, there's really no one that sticks out in terms of like, oh shit, like that's an offensive threat. We need to watch that guy. You know, what I mean, you could argue that the Lions' offensive weapons and St. Brown and uh, Gibbs and Montgomery, like those guys seem more like a potent offense. That would be kind of like, Oh shit. Like you gotta watch out for them. Yeah. And I'm obviously going to diminish the chiefs cause they know what they're doing. And Pacheco's had a good year, but. Well, you see two different sides because the lines, they have better skilled position players. Right. But the reason why the Niners were able to come back against the Lions is because they were able to generate enough pressure to put Jared Goff off his mark and make him, you know, step up uncomfortably and make the throw, which right. he's not comfortable with. Right. He's more of a, a pocket passer, right? Yeah, he can't run. But Holmes, you're, he's not going to have that problem. Like he can, he can go on the run. He doesn't have necessarily the, the best cast of players in comparison to the Lions, but he can make, he can, whether it's MVS or Rasheed Rice, like right. not good enough. Good right. enough. Sometimes a better, a better <clears throat> throw kind of, overcomes a, a lot of other weaknesses on the team, right? Yeah, speaking of uh, MVS, he, I heard today, during this regular season, you know, he's been having a great postseason. Regular season, he only, do you know how many catches he had from Mahomes for regular season? How many? 21. That's it, 21. 21 receptions during the regular season, and then the postseason, I don't know how numbers, but he's... He's made big plays. He's making big plays. Big again, yeah. it goes back to the whole... I feel like they just like take off the regular season because they know they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to go on their on this run here. So, well, same thing with Kelsey. Kelsey, the last four yeah. games really didn't do much, but obviously he's coming off an eleven catch game against the Ravens, right? No, it's. I mean, he's got his, he's got everyone in the world watching this game. It's going to be he's going to put on a show for sure. So the Niners got to be ready for him to be seen often, you know, often active. And going back to this Niners defense, right? Yeah, like, I don't know, like 70% of the, the salary cap invested in this defensive line. Good news, guys. Joe Tooney, they're all pro guard. Um, he's probably going to play, but he's not going to be effective. Or he's, he's like, barely hanging. Like, he's, he's, he's pretty hurt. Okay. <laughs> It's going to be him on the inside and their old pro center in, in Creed Humphrey. But if this Niners pass rush, I'm looking at you, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, if they can push that A-gap up front, that's the best way to counteract a mobile quarterback. Because as you saw from Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, if you push the pocket up front, it, it makes it really hard for them to, to step up and make a play, right? And then that's where your Nick Boses and your Chiefs Youngs can take advantage. But... um there's a prime opportunity for that to happen with the Niners pass rush from the inside. Yeah. And by the way, on uh, the Niners defensive line, only Nick Bosa has had sacks. No one else has, has touched the quarterback, which is very frustrating when you consider how much capital has been invested at the defensive line for the Niners. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, is there any specific... PVP player versus player matchups that uh, that you're excited to see. Uh, let's see, um, 
yeah, I guess I can think of, you know, think about just kind of big names. Um, you know, Kelsey comes to mind and Chiefs, he gets a, he gets a ball and kind of what he does in space against, you know, a linebacker like Fred Warner, something like that. I think that so you'd say one. Kelsey versus Warner? Yeah, that'd be a big one for sure. Um, obviously, you can look at the, you know, the this Chiefs kind of defensive front against McCaffrey, how they're going to scheme him. Um, you know, but he's so versatile, you know, I feel like he can identify what's coming and then make those adjustments, you know. And that's why I think the, the rushing offense or running the football is going to be so important because between him and Debo, like, yeah. they can force missed tackles. Exactly. You, you want that dab, and hopefully you can get a couple of good runs out of it, but yeah. you need to have that as an emphasis. What the method you? that I'm really looking forward to is if they can establish the run, mm-hmm. they can match up. Uh, typically speaking, Traverius Ward, Moody Ward, is a um, he's, he takes one side of the field like he hardly – targets a certain player and shadows him. But the Chiefs do, and I'm pretty sure Ladarius Sneed is going to be matched up against Brendan Ayuk. That's the matchup that's going to be really interesting because Ayuk is by far their best pure wide receiver, especially on the outside. He's their go-getter on play action and in um, on those in routes. So Sneed is having an awesome season. He is a shutdown corner. I mean, he's a big portion of why they won against the Ravens when he forced the fumble against Steve Flowers. Mm-hmm. So that's the message that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, another one that uh, that does worry me is going to be Colton McKivitz. He's like Colton McKivitz will likely see Chris Jones in some capacity because Chris Jones, he's, he's their all pro defensive tackle. He's going to play some inside, but I have a feeling he's going to play some outside and he's going to get on the right side mm-hmm. to, back down some passes from Brock Purdy because as you know, Brock Purdy, well, he's short. I mean, there's a reason why he's, he was the last pick in the draft, but he's had plenty of passes batted down. See the Ravens game, for example, like I think Chris Jones will be a big part of this chiefs defense and going back to the 2019, that's why he got paid. And that's why he was such a big part of that Super Bowl run because Chris Jones for all intents and purposes, like the Niners had no answers for Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had no answers for Chris Jones uh, pushing him in the inside. It was it was pretty crazy. Yeah. And here he is like four years later, and he's still just as good. Crazy. Uh, I was going to ask what – a little bit different, but, you know, you probably heard some of these reports about the Niners practicing over at, uh, at UNLV, and the, and the Chiefs got to practice over at the, at the Raiders facility. Apparently the – Turf was kind of soft or something. Do you yeah, think? it's like it's uh, it's soggy, bro. So it's like, I don't know who chooses this or like okay. what the deal is, but like they gave Chiefs the the dibs on practicing at Allegiant right. Stadium, which is an indoor stadium. Right, right. Very nice. I mean, that's where the Super Bowl is, and so the Niners got handed UNLV, which is you know, I mean, mind you, it's a, it's a good stadium, but the argument with that was UNLV they play on. National turf. They play on, you know, uh, terrain that, you know, going back to like Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa and Raheem Moser, like they're not a fan of, of Astral turf. Yeah. So what they did was they, a couple of days before they, they arrived on Monday, mm-hmm. they put natural grass on top of the Astral turf. Okay. Okay. And they allowed it to settle in and all that saying like, Hey, you know, it's fine. We're going to, yeah, we're going to put natural grass on top of it. So you don't have to worry about Astral turf. But the thing is, they're saying that there's patches. It's kind of muddy. It's kind of soggy. It's not. It's not all there. Yeah. Uh, that's why they weren't too happy. And like, w- w- what the fuck, right? Yeah. Do you think that? I mean, I know that preparation means everything, but like, I don't think that if the Niners end up losing, that could be the reason to blame. But at the same time, in terms of equity stance, especially in the Super Bowl, we're supposed to be like the two best teams representing either side, either conference. It seems a little unfair when they could have like figured out another solution. Like, hey, we'll take the Raiders facility for the first half of the day. You take it for the second half, or whatever you want to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's um, it's kind of weird. But you know, fast forward now, I guess the the, the grass is settled. They've okay. had some experts do a walkthrough saying like, you know, the field's gotten better. Even Shanahan has done the PC thing, saying, you know, 
keep monitoring this the field like yeah our practice schedule should not be delayed we're gonna we're gonna roll with it so for sure. For sure. that's the good thing about it but yeah they weren't too happy early on oh man we got should we get into some some selections or any other storylines uh yeah let's let's go ahead and um and wrap up this pod like i've given my thoughts player versus player run defense hopefully that they run the football uh how aggressive they are they going to be when it comes to Mahomes? are they going to blitz but uh what's the first song of of usher for halftime oh i love these yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be daddy's home is going to be uh what, what, what's the vibe? What, what do you are, think? Are the, are the prop bets already coming up for that one? I haven't even seen it yet. Let me let me pull it up. <laughs> I mean, we're we're at the end of this pod, but it's always a little this bit super fun. No props. Let me see. Mm-mm-mm. Click here to see White's detailed breakdown of halftime picks. Okay, this is not really. Uh, let's see. Uh, I can't find it. Well, while while I look for it, I mean, what's your what's your breakdown? Do you have any have any feel one way or the other? Uh, no, I mean, gosh, I've been. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you. I mean, you were at the game last week, but for, for personally, I feel like I've been really kind of getting my feels about this game leading up to it. It hasn't really hit me completely until probably today that you know this team hasn't been the Super Bowl since we were in like third grade. So it's been a long time. Um, you know, I remember the Niners play that was it was the. They played the Chargers, right? In like Super Bowl 30. Was that the 94-95 game? That's right. That's when and uh, Jerry Rice had like two or three touchdowns. Like I remember that feeling. And it's like crazy to think that was like 29 years ago. So, you know, we've had a whole lifetime, essentially half generation happen in that time between to really kind of grow as, you know, football fans, as sports fans and everything just getting to know what this what this really means and to see like all you know like all the og fans who've been you know fans of 49ers like your dad and others as well for like you know 60 years it's crazy right right to to kind of see what they got to experience back you know in the glory days of like the niners in the 80s and the 90s right it's like we were too young to really experience it so i really feel like this this means a lot it's gonna mean a lot to the city um I don't know. I mean, it's 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 something else. I, I like I said, this game is gonna be really tough. It's gonna be close. It's so tight. Um, but I also feel like there's something special about this team. So I'm I'm gonna have to roll with them for sure. Uh, so we'll just get in predictions. I'm gonna say Niners pull it out in a close one, 27-24. Wait, so 24. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be an emotional wreck, dude. It's going to be. Uh, I mean, if you went experience an NFC game and and live to tell a tale, like <laughs> that can help. But this is the next level. Okay, so do you think it's going to be a? I'm afraid it's going to be a Jake Booty field goal, field goal winning game. You know I, I, hopefully, it's going to be one of those situations where we're up 27, and you know, defense just steps up, has to make a big play. Mahomes runs out of time, something like that. You know, or it could be they're down four and they need the touchdown, and then they, they win. You know what? Either way, and if Moody can make a game-winning field goal, win Super Bowl, the credit to him. He, he's on the team next year. Okay. So 27-24 Niners, and what is the first song? I have the odds now. Oh, I have the odds. Uh, can you give me the the options? Or is it just... my way? Oh, OMG! You know, oh my god, yeah. yeah. DJ guys falling in love, loving this club. You remind me. You got a bad yeah. burn. Yeah, no, it's gonna. It's not gonna be. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say for some, gonna be like probably like. Isn't this song like 
like louder or something, right? Uh, superstar, my boo, boyfriend, nice and slow. Think of you. You don't have to call. Confessions part two. You make me wanna. Good, good. Yeah, I'll just go with. Um, no, whatever. Just give me, just give me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah is uh well that's plus three fifty. Okay. Okay. It's the opening odds at least. I see. Okay, for me, I think it's probably. Oh, I mean, that's a popular one. Well, okay, all right. I'm going to go with, uh, I think, Niners win 28 to 24. Uh, okay. I mean, it's, it's going to be a closer game, too. Um, I think that they do just enough. Uh, I'm hoping 28 because, you know, I don't want to get stressed out about field goals and all that. <laughs> um, four touchdowns would be great. They do enough on defense. I mean, they were up 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter last time they played. And they lost 31 to 20. Just, you know, I'm going to put out that band-aid. So give me 20 to 24 Niners. Uh, you know, I think the opening song it would be really cool if they did. Um, DJ Gus Falling in Love. That's uh, opening odds plus 550. Okay. So, solid. Solid choice as well, but. We shall see. I'm going to say the Gatorade's going to be red because both teams were red. <laughs> you know what? Ah, oh, shoot, I don't have it right now. And then the 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 what's the, the anthem? Right? Isn't it usually over over under a minute, like a minute, a minute, or a minute and twenty or something? Something like that. There's there's a there's so many prop bets. It's it's fun. It's fun. I can't wait. So, Dude. all right, Kmo. Well, hey, I appreciate your time. Enjoy your Super Bowl for Super Bowl 58 between the Niners and the Chiefs in a rematch where potentially I think if Mahomes wins, this will be his third Super Bowl. And if the Niners win, going back to their quote-unquote quest for six, that would get their sixth Super Bowl. They went 5-0 and the first first couple times, and they've gone 0-2 since. So perhaps third time's the charm for the Quest for Six. So our loyal listeners, appreciate y'all, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Music or Google or wherever you get your podcasts. Twitter, aka X, at Just the West, Instagram, at Just the West, and of course the blog, www.justthewest.com. Hey, Mo, can't wait till Sunday, so we out here. Peace.